Now, we have been looking at God's word described in symbols. That's what we've been looking at. And I told you that I really felt strongly on my heart to bring you the word of God along the lines of the word of God. Somebody will get that after the service. Um, to bring you the word along the lines of the word. To actually focus more. I say, I say this and when I say this, I feel the responsibility to explain. Because everything that we teach, everything we preach here is the word of God. We don't come up here with man's opinion. We don't come up here with human philosophy. We come up here with the word of God. But as we were finishing out 2021, I felt the need to really talk about the Word of God. If you know what I mean by that. Does that make sense? Yeah. We preach the Word, but then I want to talk about the Word. The emphasis has been the need to take the Word of God and plant the Word of God in your heart. I have been encouraging Pulling your Bible from off your shelf and reading it. Amen. Amen. And that's what I've been preaching for the last over a month now. Correct? Yeah. In all three services. And in all three services, I just let the Lord lead and I flow differently. What I preach in the English may not be what I preach in the Turkish, may not be what I preach in the French. So... But all I've been preaching really for the last one or one month and a half is the Word of God. Yeah. Can someone say the Word of God? Yeah. And so I guess it was two or three weeks ago, we, were, uh, we started looking at symbols in the Bible that describes the Word. Symbols that describes the Word. And we have looked at a few, and I want to continue from where we stopped. That was a symbol. That describes God's word. Now, so in the Bible, you would see symbols that describes the nature, the, the potency, the characteristics of the word of God. Amen. Amen. Now, when we see these symbols in the Bible, we can understand that it is exposing to us the nature, the potency, the efficacy, the characteristics of the Word of God, of the Bible. See, whenever you open the Bible to read, it is God speaking to you. Now, that's a good thing to know. You see, one of the things I've said over and over again is a lot of people do not know how to discern the voice of God when it comes to the unrevealed or the unknown will of God because they have not taken time to study the known will of God. And everything that God will speak to you about your life, about your future, about your business, about your marriage, about your destiny will come out of His Word. Yeah. Everything. God does not speak outside the confines of His Word. The Bible says that God has exalted his word above his own name. And how do you know a man or a woman has God integrity when they keep their word? Correct? Yeah. This is the reason why the word of God has been exalted 
above his name because your name does not have any legitimacy if you don't keep your word. Come on, come on, I say amen. amen. I don't care how big you think your name is. I don't care how big you think your family's name is. If you are a man or a woman that does not keep his or her word, nobody would respect you. Someone would say, my word is my bond. When some people tell you they'll be there at one, they'll be there at one. And because of their consistency, you trust them. Because trust is not given, trust is earned. You've got to earn my trust. You don't expect me to trust you because... We just met. You don't expect me to trust you because you came to church today. You've got to earn my trust. And you will earn my trust when you have proved yourself to be a man or a woman of integrity. The word integrity comes from the word integer. Integer are basically are numbers that are not divisible. So it means completeness. It means wholeness. So when you say you are a man or a woman of integrity, it means you are a man who is whole, who is complete... Come on now, say amen. amen. And you would keep your word. That is the reason why many marriages do not hold any longer. Because many people don't keep their word anymore. They say, oh, I love her. I feel goosebumps. And I do all of it. I feel this mushy, gushy feeling. But then they get married. And two years down the road, they don't feel like it anymore. A lot of people go and make commitment to somebody. But they don't keep their commitment. The Bible talks about in the last days, one of the major things you would notice is the fact that people will break truce. People would break what? The word truce is agreement. People will, they will become, the Bible calls them truce breakers. They will make promises that they would not keep. So how do you know God is a, is a God of integrity? It keeps his word. That's the reason why we need to talk about the word. Because God keeps his word. When God said I'll be there at one. God will be there at what time? Amen. God would not be there two minutes after one. Come on now say amen. amen. I have learned over the years to, to book appointment with five, three, four, five people at the same time. Because I know some will come late. When you've been a pastor for some time, and people say, oh, Pastor God, I would like to see you on Monday. What time are you available? I'm available at 1. Come meet me in the office at 1. They come at 1.20. They come at 1.50. Some come at 2. And when they get there, they come up with all kinds of reasons why they are late. Who cares why you're late? Who cares why you're late? Now, if you have a legitimate reason, I understand. But some people are late because they are lazy. Some people are late because they do not put some factors into consideration before they left home. Oh, I thought I'll make it in 20 minutes. No, you won't because there is traffic. So you've got to give traffic 30 minutes. You understand what I'm saying? So if your appointment is at 1, you need to leave home at 11. Come on, I'm preaching good. It's, it's, be it's better for you to arrive there one hour early than to arrive there one minute late. Uh, I know you don't agree with that, but I'll, I'll say it anyways. It's better for you to arrive there one hour early than to arrive there one minute late. You see, there are people that cannot lose a minute. There are multi-millionaires that make 50 to 100 
to $200 to $300 every minute. So every minute that passes by, the man is losing money. And he's not going to wait for you for five minutes. That's the reason why wealthy people understand the importance of time. They don't use time, they invest time. What did I say? Yeah. Wealthy people don't use time. They invest it. <laughs> so they're not going to meet with you if you will not have anything to offer. That's the reason they are wealthy, by the way. So you just know. Because some, some people sit around, do nothing for hours and hours and hours and hours. Go around meeting all the wrong people and wonder why. No, some people even wake up with no plan. They wake up with no plan. Someone calls them, I am in Aksarai. Come over and see me. Boom, they are in Aksarai. And they go to Aksarai. They spend two hours with the guy. And they waste two hours, and they get a call. I am in Lalili. Come over to Lalili. And so they go to, I'm in Beshiktash. Come over to Beshiktash. And then you discover at the end of the day, when you're about to put your head on your pillow to sleep, when you take inventory of your day, you have accomplished nothing. You've actually lived your life for others. You have not lived. Time wasted. But praise God for the book of Joel chapter 2. God says, I'll restore to you the years that the canker worms and the palmer worms have eaten. I will give them back to you. But I believe one of the ways that God will restore them, it's not because God will turn back the hand of time, because you cannot turn back the hand of time. 2021 has come and gone. It will never come back. True? Yeah. It's over. Yeah. There will never, ever be a 2021 again. No. So if you did not do anything in 2021, <laughs> it's over. This is 2022. So what you need to do now is prepare for 2022. And if you prepare well for 2022 and you take the right steps in the right direction in 2022, guess what? You can do more in 2022 than you did in your five last five years put together. But there's got to be some practical steps. There's got to be some spiritual things that you need to do. There's got to be some sensible actions that must be taken if you will accomplish. 2022 has not brought good. 2022 has not brought bad. What you enjoy in 2022 will be based on the seeds you sow. Okay, let me preach this. You guys are excited. Let me preach to this one. 2022, 2022 has not brought something good or bad. Okay, so people get excited because they're coming into 2022. 2022 has brought nothing. 2022 is just a change of calendar. Uh-huh. Because you must understand that in heaven, there is nothing like 2022. Yeah, right? There is no, there is no, you think God uses our calendar? No, he doesn't. God says in Isaiah 55, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God does not operate with the, is it called the Gregorian calendar? God does not use that. God does not even use the Ethiopian calendar. So you know, because Ethiopians get into the new year, I think in the month of March, something like that. Right? Correct? An Ethiopian here? Ethiopians need to come into this church. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so God uses, <laughs> God uses his own plan, his own program. Amen. 
and we must connect to that. That's a good place to say amen. amen. So when I tell you that 2022 hasn't brought good or bad, it's the truth. Because God does not operate by that. The Bible says, whatever a man sows, that, come on now, help me. Pardon now, preach with me. Whatsoever a man sows, that's what the man's going to reap. You cannot sow bad seeds in 2022 and expect good. It's impossible. And we understand when Jesus told us about the parable of the sower, we understand he was talking about sowing the word. So even the word is seed. The word is what? The word is seed. And so if you would take the word of God and sow the word into your life this year, you will get a maximum harvest. Okay, that was introduction. <laughs> so let's examine these symbols uh, so we can understand the characteristics of the Word of God. As we read them, we begin to understand, oh wow, this is what the Word of God would do in my life. Yes, number one, we talked about the Word of God is milk. That one's a milk. Yes. Number two, we said the Word of God is solid food. That one says solid food. So we know the word of God is milk. The word of God is solid food. Paul said, I fed you with milk. You couldn't digest it. How can I feed you solid food? Babies drink milk. Correct? Yes. Babies drink what? Milk. milk. And so the Bible says, as newborn babes desire, what's it desire? Desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. Come on, say amen. amen. So we know that babies, spiritual babies, I mean, there is a big relationship between natural babies and spiritual babies. Big relationship. When a natural baby is born, you want to cater for that baby. You want to make sure, the mother especially wants to make sure that she colors the baby, she takes care of the baby, she feeds the baby but the mother does not feed that new baby with steak. You want to kill your baby? If you feed your baby with steak, the baby is just two days old. Correct? Yeah. The mother feeds the baby with what? Milk. When a person gets saved, they need to feed on what? Milk. So Paul was writing to the church at Corinth because he led them to the Lord. He wrote to them, he said, I fed you milk. You couldn't what? Take it or digest it. How can I feed you solid food? So Paul was basically saying to them, you have not grown. And unfortunately, you have so many in the church that is not growing. Your spiritual growth does not depend on me entirely. Let me say that again. Your spiritual growth does not entirely depend on me. In actual fact, you get a small percentage of your overall spiritual growth in church. In my personal walk with God, I have discovered that some of the greatest things that God has done in my life so far were done in my privacy with God, not in church. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's move right on. 
And so it also describes the word of God as solid food. That was a solid food. And I talked about that then. Number three, we looked at mirror last week. It was the mirror. So we know that the word of God, the Bible is described as mirror. The Bible says the mirror of the word. That was the mirror. Then I told you two things that you use mirror for. Well, in the natural, we know we use mirror to look at our faces and the way we look. And then we, we take the things that shouldn't be there and we do the adjustments. Correct? When a man is grooming his hair, he looks in the mirror. Correct? Yeah. When you go to your barber shop, you look in the mirror. You're actually looking at the mirror all the time. Yeah. And you're telling the barber, no, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Correct? Yeah. Women understand what I'm talking about because women, will, women, look, women don't just look at the mirror in the morning. They carry mirror around. <laughs> uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about. You have a mirror. You know you have a mirror. Even as you, if I'm preaching right now, some of you know you have a mirror in your bag. Uh-huh. So it's true. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some of you need to laugh, relax, loosen up a little bit. There's nothing wrong in you having a mirror. It will be wrong if a guy has a mirror in his bag. Uh-huh. Something is wrong when you see a guy always pulling out a mirror, looking at himself. Something is wrong. For ladies, it is okay. It is okay. Perfectly okay. Amen. I, don't, I think my wife, you carry, do you? No, my wife does not carry a mirror around. Do you? No, she doesn't. She doesn't. My wife, my, my wife, they look on their phone. She doesn't carry a mirror around. But, <laughs> but there's nothing wrong, even if she did. I don't mind. Amen. Because women want to look good all the time. Is that correct? Good. Let's look at number four. <laughs> the word of God is liking to water. I want to say water. Ephesians chapter 5, I want us to read Ephesians 5, and I'm going to read from verse 25. Ephesians 5, verse 25. If you find it, say amen. amen. If you're still looking for it, say, wait for me. Okay, we'll wait for you. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to read from verse number 25. Is this helping anybody today? Yes. Have you found number 20, chapter 5? Verse number 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That he might, watch this, sanctify and cleanse her. That he might do what? Sanctify and what? Cleanse her. Now, the next thing you read reveals to us how he cleanses his bride. Mm, that's important. Because what we see right there is a comparison between the relationship that Jesus has with the church and the relationship a man should have with his wife. Husbands, love your wives as. Or you can say the same way Christ loves the church. And what did he do because he loved the church? He gave himself for her. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Watch this, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with, I want to say with, with, with the washing of water by the word. <laughs> 
Now we understand the way Jesus cleanses his bride with the washing. I want to say the washing. The washing of water by the word. You can see right there, water by the word, which reveals to us that the word is described as what? Water. The washing of water by the word. The washing of water by the word. So we understand based on this that the way he cleanses his bride, and watch this, it says that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or what? Or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish, without spot. So we can see that the way Jesus cleanses his bride is by the word. Mm-mm-mm-mm. By the word. That's the way he cleanses his church. That is the way he cleanses the bride because the word is water. You see, many Christians are trying to attain holiness by mere willpower. We've come into 2022, and you know what a lot of people did in 2021 at the turn of 2020, uh, 2021 to 2022? They make New Year's resolutions. They say, I will not do this in 2022. I will not go there in 2022. I will not be this. I will not be that. But they discover two, three months down the road, they are returning back to their vomit. Because you cannot live a holy life You cannot live a pure life. You cannot attain holiness and purity without the word. Somebody needs to get that. You cannot attain holiness and purity without the word. You can wish all you want. You can try all you want. You can decide all you want. You can be resolute all you want. It is not possible to attain holiness. Without the word. Because it is by the word you are washed. It is by the word you are purified. We see the scripture shows us there where we read that Jesus cleanses his bride, the church, using the word. Using what? Look at what it says in Psalms 119. Psalms 119, we're going to read from, we're going to read verse number 9. Psalm 119, verse 9. Now, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the entire Bible. And most of Psalm 119 speaks about the word. In your spare time, you can read it. Look at verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? That's a question, right? How can a young man cleanse his way? Or we can also say, how can a young woman cleanse her way? The answer is right there. By taking heed according to your word. Not by wishing. Not by trying. Not by making New Year's resolutions. The only way a young person can keep his or her life pure and clean and holy 
is by the word. In other words, no word, no purity. You can strive all you want. I promise you, you're going to go back to the same thing you're trying to defeat. Because you cannot defeat these things by willpower. A lot of people struggle. People come into the church. They give their lives to Jesus. And then they discover that the issues of the past are still tugging on them. I'm preaching good, say amen. amen. Name them. We can run you through stuff that people deal with. People deal with alcohol. People deal with uh, tobacco. T people deal with pornography. People deal with, I'm talking about church people, by the way. Don't look at me that way. I'm preaching to Christians now. People deal with all this stuff, and they wonder why they don't have victory. How can a young man keep his way clean? By taking heed to thy word. That's the only solution. There is, there is no other you can go. You can go to 10 sessions of therapy. You will never be free. Are you listening to me? Because therapy... It appeals to, the, to, to your mind. It appeals to your will. No, the word of God will go down to the root. And yank the thing, pull the thing out of the root, out of your life from the root. Come on now, say amen. amen. So people try to please God. They try to live for God. And they do it in their human flesh and ability. And I have willpower. And I'm, no, you cannot. Especially if it's an area of addiction. You cannot be free. But the word of God will set you free. Amen. Look at verse 11. Let's read verse 11. Psalm 119 verse 11. Your word. I want to say your word. word. Uh-huh. You see that? Your word I have heeding in my heart. Where am I heeding your word? Why? Why? Am I boring you this morning? Talk to me. Your word I have hidden where? Why? That I might not sin. That I might not sin. That I might not sin. So the word of God is what keeps us away from sin. Listen, my friends. You want to live a holy life? You cannot do it in your own willpower. And holiness is the nature of God. Come on now, say amen. You cannot attain to God's nature without the word. Praise God. Hallelujah. Your word I have heeding in my heart so that I don't sin. So it is the word of God that empowers me not to sin. It is the word of God that restrains me. This is a good place to say amen. amen. That is why Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says, look at that, Romans 12 I'm teaching today, Romans 12, if you want to take note, please go ahead and do that. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Notice he is speaking to the church. That you present your bodies. Present your what? Your bodies, a living sacrifice. Holy. Now, you see, you've got to present your bodies holy. Verse 1, it's... 
achievable, only when verse 2 has taken place. Okay, let's read this. Let's finish reading that. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That's verse number one. Now, verse one is attainable when verse two has been done. Verse one is not reachable when verse two has not been done. What does it say, verse two? Read it. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transformed. Let's stop there. You see, the word transformed is the Greek word metamorphosis. Meta what? Metamorphosis. That's the Greek word metamorphosis. That's the word transformed. Be ye transformed, correct? Be ye metamorphosed. How? By the renewal of the mind. That you may be able to what? Go ahead, read it. That you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Can you see that? That you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The only way you can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is when you have renewed your mind by the word. Can you see that? And that's when verse 1 can be achievable. Because it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. See, verse 1 is doable. You can present your bodies. You can. Tell your neighbor you can. You can. Let no one lie to you that it's not possible. You know this thing, this preach on holiness and purity and all of that, it's not doable. Because you've tried and tried and tried and you haven't achieved it. The reason why you haven't achieved it is because the word of God is lacking. <laughs> the word of God is lacking. If, the, if you are full of the word, the word will wash you clean. Amen. Let me show you a few more scriptures. And I want to show you these scriptures because I want you to bathe in them. I want you to do what? Bathe. When you walk very hard through the day and in the heat of the sun, you want to go home and get in the shower. Correct? And you want to wash yourself with water. And you want to wash your body clean. So that you can smell. Uh -huh. Smell good. But if you don't bathe for a day. Mm -hmm, mm -mm. Two days. Three days. Oh my God. Four days. Oh, and, and then everywhere you go, you, you ooze. There is, this, there, is this, there is this thing you carry. There is this, oh, there is this fragrance. There is this, there is this re, repulsive. It's, a, it's repulsive. It's repul Everyone just want to stay away from you. Correct? Or you haven't brushed. Oh, my goodness. 
Some people just, mm. something is coming out. And they say, they say the people that have it don't know they do. Yeah. Someone has to tell them. <laughs> Someone needs to tell them, hey, bro. See, it's guys, it's, it's, it's but to girls, oh my God. <laughs> so you, you, carry, you, you carry this repulsive, this repulsive smell. Everywhere you go, you just stink. And people wonder why, why don't they want to be my friend? Well, why, who, wants to be, who wants to hang around that? You've got to bathe. Come on, I'm preaching, I'm preaching some, I'm preaching some uh, natural things here. Maybe I'm not preaching the word right now, but I'm telling the truth. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. So you've got to get in the shower. And you've got to bathe well. Praise God. And you've got to use some cologne. So that you smell nice. So that people are not running away. Come on now, say amen. And sometimes, some people, they just don't know that there's something coming out. They, they're talking of it. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 come on. I resist you. <laughs> Give me some social distance, please. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, this is just some personal hygiene. And it's important. So you do like this. I love you all. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> some people are wondering, what kind of a church is this? Is this man preaching the Bible? Well, you know, we, we, even in the Bible, the Bible talks about personal cleanliness. You know that, right? It talks about that. Amen. Praise God. Well, the purity that God's actually looking for today is the purity of our hearts. But when you have purity of heart, it's going to affect every area of your, of your life. Come on now, say amen. It affects everything. Okay, if you want to live holy and pure, you've got to bathe yourself with these scriptures that I'm going to give to you. And there are many more. But let me just give you these ones. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians 2. Verse number 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Watch this. It's basically telling us that we are dead. And if you are dead, you don't respond to the impulses of sin. I'm not recommending you do this, but think about it. If you go to the graveyard and you kick the thing, the corpse, will it, will it respond? Why? 
Because dead men don't bite. <laughs> he would not respond. If you take his money, will he punch you in the face? If you insult him, will he insult you back? Some of you cannot say no because you know what you do. <laughs> if you speak behind their back, will they also retaliate? Huh? So all this unnecessary anger and strife and rage and, and all these things that manifest in the church with Christians is because something is missing. Something is what? Missing. They have not got the revelation of who they are. I have been crucified with Christ. So I'm dead. Because I'm dead, I don't react to the impulse of the flesh. I'm not governed by the works of the flesh. Because I'm what? Because I'm what? Talk to me now. I'm preaching good. Say amen. Because I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. So if someone speaks against me, I don't have to retaliate. Because I'm what? If someone... <laughs> Come on now. That's why notice Jesus said, if someone, if someone hits you on the cheek, you turn to them the other one. <laughs> someone said, mm. Uh, <laughs> no, you see, you see, a lot of Christians, a lot of people are not living up to the standard because they have not allowed the Word of God to do the work of changing them. Whenever you find yourself acting contrary to what I'm talking about, it's a sign that something is missing. And you know what is missing? The revelation of the word. That's what is missing. And this is the reason why people can even leave and strive and unforgiveness and go to bed with it. Now, I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't understand that. I don't. There is not one person on the face of the earth that I cannot look at in the face and smile genuinely. Not one, not one person on the globe that I would meet on the street and cross over to the other side. Not one person. I cannot be in that position because I've got revelation. You and I are not going to fight. I don't fight. It's not going to happen. The Bible says to pursue peace with all men. Not with some men. Not with people in the church and then treat people outside like they are piece of trash. No, it says to pursue peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God. So you, you begin to see the deficiency in the person when they begin to act according to the flesh instead of according to the spirit. And the reason they cannot, everyone say cannot. Now, you try all you can, you, you can make it happen because you are deficient in that area. And what you are deficient of is the revelation of the word. I want to say the word. 
That's what is lacking. So what you need to do is you need to put the word in you. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Okay, if it is not I who live, it is Christ who lives in me. That means my actions and my reactions must be by who? Christ. That's why you don't judge. Because Jesus said, judge not that ye be not judged. Condemn not that ye be not condemned. The same measure you measure out, it shall be measured back to you. Come on now, say amen. But if I have the revelation that I have been crucified, I want to say crucified. I am dead. That means I live no longer. It is now Christ that lives in me. And I'm enough you know that Christ walked the earth for 33 and a half years and did not sin. Uh, one amen. amen. 33 and a half years, Jesus Christ walked the earth and he did not sin. And the same abilities that he has, has been given to us. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in the world to come. Is that what it says? If it's yes, say yes. If it's no, say no. It's no. So are we in this world, it says. It doesn't say so are we in the world to come. So are we going to be eventually. That's not what it says. It says, as he is, so are we in this world. Come on, say amen. amen. Tell somebody, I have been crucified, have been crucified. With, Christ. with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That's a good place to shout amen. amen. Now look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. I'm giving you scriptures to bathe with. And I personally had to do my own personal homework on these things on myself. You don't attain these things without putting the seed of the word in you. When you discover that there is an area of your life where you just can't live for God. You've got to do the work necessary. And the only way to attain sanctification. Sanctification is actually two aspects. One is position and the other is act there is a position of sanctification which means separation and there is there is an act of sanctification do you understand the difference yeah. so the way to attain the act your position is you are holy because you are a child of god but that's a positional holiness but out of that positional holiness must come the acts of holiness Amen. Amen. Now, it is in the acts of holiness and the acts of sanctification that people fail. Because think about it. When you give birth, when you give birth to your children, they automatically become yours, correct? Mm -hmm. And they are members of your family, correct? Yeah. The fact that they carry your name does not mean they're going to live like you. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they have a position. In the family yeah. as a son and as a daughter mm -hmm. but they may not have your behavior that's the reason why the book of Proverbs tells us to discipline our kids because it says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child 
but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. Correct? Yes. The Bible says, <laughs> the Bible says, it will cry as if it's going to die. But the Bible says he will not die. Uh -huh. So, <laughs> it's a fact. It's a fact. Amen. Uh, I've, raised, I've raised two. Amen. So, mine are not babies anymore that we spank. But I raised two. I spanked them a lot. I ministered to them. By the laying on of hands. Yeah. Amen. I did. One is 27. Where's the one? Where's the one that's 17? Yeah, look at that one. She's 17. Yeah, she's on the back waving. Yeah, I ministered. And when I would be ministering to that girl, my God, she would be screaming like I was killing her. And I wasn't. I wasn't. If you came to the house, you would think I was abusing her. Irene. Two. I'm giving you two strokes. And I ministered to them, I ministered to them in the right place. Because, see, you, this, this place, this place has a special nerve that connects to the brain. When, <laughs> when, you, when you hit the right nerve, they will get the message. That's a fact. They'll get the revelation. You hit the right nerve. Boom, suddenly, oh, that's what you've been telling me for three weeks, Dad. Yes, yes, that's what I've been telling you for three weeks. For three weeks, I've been telling you, don't do that. But for three weeks, you've been doing it. And I've been patient, and I've been talking. But now, we are going to do some laying on of hands. And as we do the laying on of hands, we shall do it in the room. Because mom will get emotional, and so I don't want mom to hear us. And, 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 and mom, mom, mom will stay out while I minister. And then mom is out there in the living room hearing, ah, ah. Yeah. Mom, don't worry. I'm not killing your child. I'm just helping her future. I'm, impar I'm, impar I'm imparting some wisdom and helping her future because there is a big plan that God has got for the both of them in the future, and I don't want the devil to ruin it. I don't want them to cooperate with the devil and destroy God's purpose for their lives. Yeah, you know what I mean by that? Yes. So I minister. Amen. amen. Sometimes, you know, you come to church, you see people as big as you guys are, and sometimes you feel you need to spank them, but you can't because they are adults. Because the way some adults behave in church, you think they are babies. But you cannot put them over your lap and spank them. Because they are too big to be spanked. So we use the word. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that if God, if God your father does not chastise you or discipline you, the Bible says you are illegitimate. The word is bastard. Right? A child with no, really, no parents. But God does not want us to be illegitimate. God wants us to, because we are legitimate children of God, and for that reason, he, he disciplines us because he loves us. Is that correct? Yes. Now, that was a good way to discipline. That was a big conversation in my house a few weeks ago. That was a big way to discipline, and that was a, that was a good way to discipline. That was a bad way to discipline. Yes. Amen. We don't slap our kids. Mm -hmm. If you do that, I'll call the police on you. We don't 
hit them on their heads. Come on now. Don't do what was done to you by your father. Come on now. If your father abused you, if your father kicked you around, if your father locked you out that you didn't sleep in the night because of what you did, don't do that to your kids. Come on, say amen. amen. It's called child abuse. We're not to abuse our children. We're to love them. Praise God. And for my, my Africans, stop using the word beat. I'll beat you. I'll beat you. Stop, don't beat them. Don't beat them. Stop beating them. Discipline them. Don't beat them. I'll beat you now. I'll beat you now. When I was growing up, growing up as a kid, I don't know if any of you understand, or if this happened to you. My mother was the coolest mother. My mother, my mother never spanked me. Never. Not once. That's not the reason why she was the coolest mother, but coolest mother in the sense that when I would do something, I was a kid, you know, six, seven, eight, nine. If I do something wrong and she's about to catch me, I'll take off running. <laughs> when I take off running, she takes her flip-flops. <laughs> Anyone understand what I'm talking about? She would take her flip-flops and she would throw it at me. And of course, of course, flip-flops, the rubber lights, you know, lightweight flip-flops. And in my, I can even think in retrospect now, I'm thinking, I think sometimes when she sees, oh, this is not the right one. She probably looked for the right one, the light one that would not, that would not hurt me, but by then I was gone. How many of you were disciplined like that by your mo- mother, especially your mother? How many of you have a mother that can shout? Oh. <laughs> My daughter's lifting her hand. Sometimes in my house, man, it's like third world war. The both of them. And I'm just sitting there. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What's going on here? It's like there's a, there's a fight. You know, but it's not physical. It's fight or words. Oh, damn. I'm sitting there. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but mothers are awesome. Oh my God, mothers are amazing. How many of how many of you love your how many of you love your really love your mother? I mean, mothers are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Look at Colossians chapter three, verse one to three says, "If then ye were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, where who is." Sitting at the right hand of God. Like, listen to this. Look at what it says. Seek those things which are above. Seek, everyone says, seek those things. Which are above. Okay, so here is my question. Uh, Verse number one says, seek those things which are above, right? Where Christ is, sitting. At the right hand of God. Now, if the Bible says to seek those things which are above where Christ is, then my question is, how do we seek those things which are above? Thank you, my brother. Because you don't have to be looking up like this, seek those things. I'm sick. 
Pastor God, what are you doing? I'm seeking those things which are above. Because the Bible says where Christ is, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So I'm looking up because I'm seeking. No. The things above are in his word. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the things that are above are in his word. Come on, I say amen. amen. So when we open the word and we read the word, we are seeking those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Now look at the next verse, verse number two. Set your mind. I like that. Set your mind. What's to set your mind? Set your mind on things above. Now it tells you the same thing. It's the same thing. Things above are where? In his word. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Look at this. Look at the next verse, verse number three. For you have died. It comes again. Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. Colossians 1.3. For you have died. You have what? You have died. And where's your life? Your life is hid in Christ with God. Your life is hid in Christ with God. You have died. And your life is hid in Christ with God. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I that live, but Christ that live in me. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who died and gave himself for me. For you have died, and your life is hid in Christ with God. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. My God, the word of God is so rich. This is the solution to living the life that God has called us to live. Amen. This is the antidote to addiction. Pastor, I'm addicted to this, addicted to that. Now, there has been cases where I prayed for people. I know the story of a young man who came here for the first time. This was over eight, nine years ago. Came here ten years ago, I guess. The guy was smoking two packs of cigarettes every day. Yeah, every day. From Ghana. Came here for the first time to church. First time on Wednesday service. We had the Holy Ghost service. And I, I was laying hands and praying for people. And I called him up. I prayed for him. When he fell out right here. right Just right here. On the power of God. I heard the Holy Ghost say to me. Put your hand upon him. And set him free from tobacco. I didn't know who the guy was. I didn't know him from Adam. That was his first day in church. So I put my hand on him. I actually knelt down as he was under the power of God. Put my hand upon him and I just began to take authority over the spirit of tobacco. And I got up and I think I said, you're free. So one year passes by. The guy came to church and I asked him, I said, what happened to you the day I prayed for you a year ago? And that was the day he told us. He said, before you prayed for me, I would smoke two packs of cigarettes every day. But since the day you prayed for me, I lost the appetite. Hallelujah. And he said, I've not touched a stick of cigarette Hallelujah. since that day. Amen. So God instantly and supernaturally set him free. Amen. Instantly. So to God be the glory for that. One of that guy came to my office a number of years ago, and he said to me, Pastor Godwell, I, I just want to confess this to you. He doesn't even come to our church. He goes to another church, and I don't think he has told his pastor about it. He came to tell me. And he said to me, sitting with me in the office, he said, Pastor Godwell, I have a problem with pornography. He said, and look, Pastor Godwell, this is very serious. 
this thing was about to destroy his life. He knew the way he was going, he would not recover. So I got up, I went behind him like this, and I put my hand on his shoulders, and I prayed and I broke the thing off of him. The Bible says, if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. The guy said to me, when he wrote to me a couple of days later, I think a, a day or two later, he said, Pastor Cothwell, I don't understand. Something happened to me. He said, because I do pornography every night. He said, but after you prayed, I don't just something. I couldn't do it. Hallelujah. I, it's something, something left him. Now, to the glory of God, for those things, those things I just shared with you, but I've discovered as a pastor, minister of the gospel that it doesn't happen like that most of the time. What did I say? It doesn't happen like that most of the time. Now, those instantaneous things that happen, praise God, two years, uh, I'm sorry, two packs every day, set free, addiction to pornography, set free. But as a pastor, I've discovered that that is not the norm. The normal way that God sets people free is by his word. Mm -hmm. They will have to take the word and put it in them. Why? Why? Because a lot of times people don't value when something comes that cheap. Right. Correct? Yeah. Remember Jesus gave the parable or the story of a man who had an unclean spirit? Mm -hmm. And Jesus said when the unclean spirit leaves a man, he walks, around dry, walks through dry places. And then he says to himself, I will go back to my house. Correct? I'll go back to my house. And when he returns, he finds the place clean. I won't say clean. clean. Now, he finds the place clean because the unclean spirit has been cast out. Mm -hmm. Because the place was unclean because of the spirit. Yeah. Right. Now that the unclean spirit has been removed, the place is now what? Clean. But Jesus went further to say the place was not just clean, the place was empty. Yeah. I won't say empty. Now, it is the emptiness that opens the door. The place should not be empty. The place should be filled. Yeah. Filled with what? The Word. The word. Mm. Because the Word is what repels the devil. Now, some people who were raised religiously to think that if they sleep with their Bible under their pillow... Uh, it will do anything for them. That's a blatant, that's a, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a religious garbage. Your Bible under your pillow does not drive the devils away. It is not the Bible under your pillow. It is the word in your heart. Amen. And don't buy into these movies that Hollywood has Released, I mean, if you know, if you've seen Hollywood movies, especially with, uh, I don't watch them. I used to. I was, at the time I was not born, <laughs> I used to know, really. Vampire. Oh. And here is this man. He carries the Bible. Where's my Bible? Yeah. He carries it. I'm trying to, right side up. He carries the Bible or he carries the cross. Give me a break. That doesn't work. I said, that doesn't work. 
The word in you is what works. Amen. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. That's how it works. Can someone shout amen? amen? So these things are important. So I believe the numb or the normal way that God sets people free permanently is through the word. Yes. Through the word. Years ago, I was ministering to a lady. I wasn't doing it alone. I had someone with me, a lady who was with me, ministering to this lady. And here is what happened to her in the middle of the service. In the middle of the service, just like you guys are sitting, everyone is sitting listening. She will get up and just begin to walk around in the service. In the service. She's not going to the toilet. She's just... You're not the preacher, my sister. Why are you walking around? <laughs> she just went, and then later she will take her seat. So I wanted to help her. Because I knew that was the influence of a demon. You know there is a demon involved, right? That's not normal. That's abnormal. When in the middle of the service, a pretty lady gets up <laughs> and begins to walk around in the service and then sits down. You know there is a demonic influence. So I wanted to help her. So... I invited her over here that we had at the time a lady uh, who was working for the ministry. We just um, wanted to pray for her. But before I prayed for her, I said to her, I, I want to pray and God will set you free. But God will set you free if. I want to say if. if. Now, I'm going to explain what that means, the if. Deliverance, it's not, come out, come out, come out, come out. Because sometimes, no, you don't have anything. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the spirits come out because of the intensity of the anointing. But they don't stay out permanently. Like Jesus described. They want to come back. Right? So, if there is an invitation, they will come. Even if Pastor God will cast them out, they'll come back to the person when the person has left church. So that's why I said, if, lady, if you would repent, if you repent from prostitution, you will be free. And, and that, really, that really was the thing. That was the thing. Because you can pray all you want and tell the devil to come out. But if the person keeps going back to sin, they'll keep inviting the devils back. But the problem with inviting the devil back is that when the devil returns, it would be worse. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, so this unclean spirit will find himself how many devils? Seven that are or more wicked, yeah. yeah, which shows us also that in the demonic realm, they come in ranks. <laughs> Remember Jesus said, this kind, go it not out, except by uh -huh, prayer and fasting. So there is this kind. Okay, so, <laughs> so these, these ones are more wicked. 
So he will go bring seven more devils, more wicked, stronger than he is. And Jesus said the state of the man will be worse than the former state. So I learned to leave them the way they are. Not to rock the boat. Did you hear what I said? Until they are willing to make the adjustments in their lives. And of course to put the word in their hearts. Can someone shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. This helping anybody today? Yes. Anybody being helped? Because the focus today is the word of God is what? Water. It will wash you. It will cleanse you. And as you bathe with these words, those things that trap men and women would not entrap you. And you wouldn't be living the life because you are strong. You'll be living the life because you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Can someone shout hallelujah? hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I said praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to round up with this. When you bathe with these scriptures, you wouldn't be a slave to the flesh. You won't. It's a guarantee. Now the Bible describes something to us in the book of 2 Kings chapter 5. You don't need to go there. But look at what it says in 2 Kings chapter 5. It talks about a man who was the captain of the army of Syria. His name, what's his name? Naaman. The Bible says through him, God has given victory to the army of Syria, to the people of Syria. This man was, was, a, was a very influential man, man in Syria. This man was notable. This man was important. This man was... He was, you know, it was who is who in, in Syria. If you know what I mean by that. Watch this now. The Bible says, but he was a leper. But he was what? He was a leper. Now, the Bible, in the Bible, leprosy is a symbol of sin. You know that, right? Amen? Anyone knows that? Leprosy is symbolic to sin in the Bible. That's why when, when Miriam... And, and, and Aaron spoke against Moses. The Bible says that Miriam became a leper. And God said to Moses, keep her out of the camp. And when she recovered, she was brought back in. Because leprosy is contagious. Correct? Yeah. It spreads. So, so this man was a leper. Listen carefully. So there was this girl... That was taken when Syria raided Israel. And the girl said, if my master would only go to Samaria and meet with the prophet of God, the prophet of God will heal him. And when the king of Syria heard it, he wrote a message to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel tore his clothes. And when Elisha heard that the king of Israel tore his clothes, he said to the king of Israel, send the man to me, and he will know there is a prophet in Israel. Amen. Correct? <laughs> Correct? So, Naaman goes to Elisha. But Elisha did not even come out of his house. Mm. Elisha said, tell him to go deep himself where? In the water. The word 
the washing of the water by the word. Tell him to go deep, leprosy, sin, water, word. Tell him to go deep himself in the Jordan. How many times? You know what seven speaks of? Seven speaks of completeness. Seven speaks of perfection. So let him go deep himself seven times. Not one time, not two times, not three times, not four times. You know, sometimes you've got to fight that thing with the word until you get the victory. Until you get the victory, you don't stop. So, oh yeah. So, yeah, to the glory of God. So the, the man was upset. The pride in him would not let him look in the word. The pride in him would not let him listen to the message. I am here tonight, or this it's a, it's afternoon. I'm here this afternoon, and I'm telling you what the solution to the problem is. I'm telling you like Elisha told Naaman, if you take what I'm telling you and you go deep yourself seven times, perfection in the word, the word of God will set you free from every bondage in your life. Amen. You will be amazed at how the word of God will change your life, and the things that used to bind you will bind you no more. Naaman said, but we have better waters in Syria. No, not your own. Yeah. Not your own way, not your own plan, not your own will. There is one way, and it's the word of the living God. And if you would do what God says, listen, everything that has kept you in bondage will be broken off of your life. But we have better waters here. We have our own way. We have our own plan. Not your will. Let the will of God happen. Hallelujah. He said, I'm not going. So he is manifesting. To make, to make matters worse, Elisha didn't even come out to see him. Just to poke the pride in him. Didn't come out to see him. So you, you, that's what he has told you. To do. So Naaman is upset. Now he's about to leave. One of his servants had common sense. He said, my master, what if he told you to do something more difficult? Would you not have done it? He just said, go deep. Why don't you dip? Okay, let me dip. So he goes to the Jordan. Count for me, guys. So he goes, deep, one, come out. It looks, it's still, still there. Master, they said seven times. <laughs> deep twice, come out. See, he's, he's bathing in the word. This, yeah, he's bathing in the word. Because the word is water. He's bathing in the word. So he dips the third time, comes out. Still the same thing. Fourth time and fifth time. and It's perfection. It's got to be perfect. Yeah. And the word of God is what brings the perfection. And so he dips the sixth. It's all there. But the seventh time, he dipped. He came out. The Bible says his body became as clean as that of a newborn baby. As that of a little child. Come on now, give God some praise in the house. That is the way it works. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The washing of the water by the word. The washing of the water by the word. Father, we thank you today. We give you the glory, the praise, the honor. What a word. 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 The washing of the water by the word. The washing of the water by the word. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for everyone that is here this day. Thank you for those that are watching on the internet. Thank you for the revelation of your word. We give you praise and honor and glory. The Lord, from today, we will take your word at face value. From today, Lord, we would 
study your word like never before. Father, we will read your word like never before. Father, your word is a light unto our feet. Your word is a lamp unto our path. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' mighty name.